for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Come on in, everybody. We're going to throw the doors wide open. At my house, it's Rosie on the house. Now, we're going to we're going to venture a little off topic a little bit if you're a regular subscriber to our email newsletter. You know, one of the things we want to talk about today is for those of you that are regular listeners that are uh, adherents and fans of our maintenance calendar, you know, you ought to be having the free time right now to to luxuriate in the experience of the holiday season. You should have a little time off. Everything in, about, and around your house, home, castle, or cabin should be pretty well taken care of. So we wanted to talk about, or we wanted to talk to you that are in such a state as to ideas of things you might consider doing in this holiday season and throughout the cooler outdoor months in this great state of Arizona. Romy, I got a question for you. If you, if you had a job where you could tell your wife, I'm going to work, and it involved a camelback, uh, full of a couple sandwiches and snacks, a pair of binoculars, sunglasses, sun cream, a hat, and good boots, and do eight, nine, or ten miles, and know that was your job every day, would you quit the job you have right now? I guess it depends what kind of pay are we looking at. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would quit my job, that's for sure. And I only know one guy that's got that job in Arizona, and his name is Roger Naylor. He's joining us from his home in central Arizona, joining us today to help share with the Arizona homeowners stories and challenges and adventures you might want to consider this holiday season with your family. Good morning, Roger. What are you trying to blow my scam here? <laughs> Telling everybody about this great job I got, man. <laughs> oh, man, oh man, oh man! Wake my editors up. They're going to wake. Go wait a minute. Yeah, I can't believe we're paying this guy uh, to do this stuff. Roger, um, w- being in the home remodeling business, I'm exposed to a lot of newcomers to Arizona, and I never meet a newcomer in Arizona where they don't get three things. They get a one-year subscription to Arizona Highways, and they get your two books, one on state parks and uh, Boots and Burgers. And well, so, I appreciate that. So you are a big part of my tradition in welcoming new people to Arizona. Well, that's great to hear. I really appreciate it. And it's, uh, you know, I, you and I share that passion for this amazing state that we want everybody to, uh, who, who's here to come out and get out and see this amazing backyard that they have. Take advantage of this. Holy cow. It's, you know, it's, we're the only state uh, around here that, uh, that uh, we uh, keep our seasons uh, uh, 
organized by elevation. So you always know where to find the season that you want. And that is uh, so appropriate this time of year when, uh, you know, if you, if, if you, if you want to go play in the snow, if you want to snowboard or uh, downhill or cross country ski, you know where to go to do that. But if you want to enjoy some uh, other types of activities, well, we've got those options too. So it's just a matter of which way you want to point your car. Let me ask you this, Roger. What is your favorite summit hike? What's what's the best peak in Arizona? Well, that's you know that's that's going to be tough to pull. It's always uh, impossible not to love uh, Humphreys when you're up on the roof of Arizona. The Humphreys Peak, twelve thousand six hundred thirty-three feet at the very top of uh, there at the San Francisco Peaks and Flagstaff. That's just a uh, uh, a spectacular uh, hike because you're going up through alpine tundra the only place you'll find tundra in arizona and uh you get up there and you really are on the the very uh roof of the state nobody is taller than you for those few uh few minutes but that's definitely a summer hike that's not one you want to try in the winter time unless you <laughs> no. are a hardcore uh, uh snow guy so uh um you know, one of my favorites, it's not really much of a summit, but it's just such an incredible hike, is the uh, Hugh Norris Trail in uh, the Tucson. Uh, it's down in the the uh, Sororo National Park uh, west, and it uh, the carves route through classic Sonoran landscape to the top of Wasson Peak, which is the highest point in the Tucson Mountains. It's still only about 5,000. Uh, a little less than 5,000 feet. So it's not, you're just, you never get out of the desert. So it's just a great winter uh, hike. But the views are just terrific as you gaze across uh, uh, southern Arizona there. And it's just a, a beautiful, uh, it's a moderate hike. It's about 10 miles round trip. But uh, you're just give, you just have views after another as it climbs up and snags a ridge line and, and takes you up there. And I think that's one that sort of gets overlooked because, you know, people always think of summit hikes as uh, bigger and taller. And, and, uh, and you know, that's, that's certainly great. Nothing wrong with that. But don't overlook some of those uh, uh, shorter desert mountains. They're pretty fantastic. I, uh, I think Picacho Peak is kind of a cool little hike. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you're you're kind of downplaying it a little bit. That's a, that's yes, a, is. That's a pretty serious hike. That's it is a gonna... serious hike. <laughs> yeah, you we, need you need yeah. to take gloves and uh, <laughs> and you're pulling yourself up there by cables at the end and stuff. So it's a it's a fantastic hike with good views. But yeah, don't. <laughs> if you have any fear of hikes, there's one or two spots there you'll have really struggle. So do, yeah, do not take that one lightly. There, <laughs> lightly. There's one yeah. little hairpin with some exposure, but other. And that it's not too bad, but you're like standing on top of a of a, a Coke bottle cap, and I mean it drops 360 degrees all the way yeah. around you to the desert floor. I just think it's kind of a cool experience. Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. And another one that's that's, that's not similar to that, but it kind of like that is the is Vulture Peak uh, outside yeah. of Wickenburg. Where it's uh, you know kind of an easy hike up to the saddle. It's not too hard. You get up there and you got really great views. But if you want to do that summit, you got a little hand over hand climb up to the very top there. So you know if you just want to do the the hike to the the saddle, you get the great views. But if you want that extra little challenge of about three hundred feet of a uh, of climbing up through the the top, yeah, you get that. And again, really terrific views. And I was thinking about this the other day, Mr. Naylor. 
when you get up to the top of Vulture Peak, and, and many summits are like this, there's a old ammo box that you can open and sign your name in. And yeah. you see other people. Whatever happens to those? Does somebody go up there like <laughs> once a year, grab the book and log it in some database? Or, I mean, what happens when that notebook fills up? Does somebody else go up there and who's making sure there's a pen in it? But there's always a pen in a notebook and those. Whatever happens when you when you put your name in there? Yeah, I uh, well, you go into a database system, and I think the government keeps an eye on you. <laughs> these people, these people are nuts here. They're uh, climbing up. Uh, uh, mountain, so we got to watch out for them. Uh, you know, I think it just probably depends on what agency it's with. If it's uh, National Forest or uh, BLM land or uh, State Park or whatever, it's how often they want to regulate or keep an eye up. On top of Picket Post Mountain, there's a mailbox. So yeah, you can uh, yeah, yeah. Stick, stick a letter in. Although, you know, I wouldn't try to beat the Christmas rush by I don't know how often the mail's picked up there. But, uh, yeah, it's you, you find some weird things at the top of uh, – uh, I, you know, I guess if you go up Camelback now, I don't know if Santa Claus is up there. He's uh, up there. That's that's sort of a, yeah, I can confirm sometimes. that. that. That's your next book, the 15 highest points in each county in Arizona. Roger, uh, for the Arizona homeowners who are hosting uh, Midwest families that are coming out for the holidays, what, what would you consider two or three of the better family hikes to experience Arizona? Well, some of the best uh, uh, family hikes, uh, uh, one that's really close by, would I think about uh, Lake Pleasant. Um, uh, take the Wild Burrow Trail or the Yavapai Point uh, Trail, because both of them are, are pretty short. Uh, Yavapai Point's about three miles uh, round trip, uh, and it's just a, a climb up to a, a, a top of a hill overlooking the lake, so it's really uh, spectacular. Um, and then another one is the, the with the wild burrow. It just kind of skirts along the shoreline of the lake, but it's a great chance to see those wild burrows. So the kids get a big kick out of that. I mean, I almost always see wild burrows when I'm hiking that trail. And the last time, you know, I got some photos of some some little babies. Uh, you know, so it was, it was pretty cute. Uh, but one of the places I think kids should will always love is take them to the Prescott because it's not that cold this time of year. You know, it's uh, but uh, one of my favorites is the Consolation Trail right across from the Fippen Museum, and it weaves through a wildly stacked boulder field of the granite dells. Now, this is a, it's a tangled web of pathways, but they're very well marked and easy to follow. And these big boulders rise in sudden thrust while others lay around in heat. It looks like the Flintstones are having a yard sale. <laughs> and then, uh, but, uh, and you, you, you don't find... There, you don't find What's boulders that? and landscape like that anywhere else in Arizona. Exactly. I mean, it's just a really unique spot. And the, the kids just love it. And there's these uh, trails that, that weave through little grottos with little places for kids to squeeze through and rocks to climb on and stuff. So they, they always like that. So the, that's a really good one. And the, the Granite Gardens uh, also in uh, uh, Prescott is another one just like that where you can just, uh, you know, the kids can just get out and run around and be kids. And you don't have to worry about them, you know, falling off. You know, there are plenty of areas where it's, you know, just a safe, fun little scrambling for them. So that's always a, a really a, a nice, quick little getaway for families. Arizona, consider this my introduction to you, to a man you see in print and in writing, award-winning author and adventurer, uh, ambassador 
to the back trails of Arizona, Mr. Roger Naylor. Roger, you've got several books. I mentioned two that I use as gifts all the time. Um, I, I love your writing. It's, it's so enjoyable. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, I'm writing about hiking and eating and Arizona and all these things that I love. So if that passion isn't coming across on the page, if I'm not having fun, I'm doing something really wrong. And so I hope that uh, that my, my books uh, convey that sense of joy and that sense of pleasure that I have when I'm out uh, uh, discovering all the, the cool things that we have in Arizona. They, they, and they absolutely do. Roger, share your website with us, and we'll have to get going. It's rogernaylor.com. You can find uh, any of my books, including my latest, uh, Arizona's Scenic Roads and Hikes, which was voted Best Arizona Book. Uh, by the one, the New Mexico Arizona Book Awarded this uh, uh, just a couple of months ago for the, this year, so I'm very thrilled about that. But it uh, uh, gives you 27 of all, all uh, Arizona's scenic and historic designated roads around the state, and takes you uh, paired with some great hikes and takes you all over the place. So, but all my books are uh, available uh, on my website I as well, it. signed copies. Roger, see you on the trail. Can't wait. Always a pleasure to chat with you guys. You have wonderful holidays. Thanks a million. That's the kind of music you like to play when you reach the summit of Humphrey's Peak. Where the all oh, you feel like you own the whole world, you can see forever. Our article this week uh, in our newsletter interviewed the employees at our company and asked each one of them for their favorite places they like to go. Julia, in particular, mentioned one. I asked Roger Naylor for his ideas on taking out-of-town friends on a trip, a little hike to experience Arizona. Uh, one we've used many, many, many times to introduce newcomers to Arizona is just the little short hike at Montezuma's Castle. And Julia mentions it as one of her favorite. It shows you a picture of how the original uh, settlers in Arizona lived in uh, stone housing perched up in uh, hollow cliff areas. Uh, that's another one that I really like. Um, I found something kind of interesting, too. You know, you obviously are feeling better because you're back to your adventuresome self. And so last month, you and a couple of our daughters went to Death Valley to climb Mount Whitney. That's right. And I was just excited and so thankful you felt like going and you were working towards and you did a lot of the good hikes here, getting ready. And then about a couple of days before you left, I thought, you know, how how dangerous is Mount Whitney? Which I did this the first time you did Grand Canyon, too. Yeah, Death so, in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. That was a great book. I read that while you're at the bottom. That was not a good idea. So anyway, I, in doing that research, I found a book called Barrier-Free Travel at Mount Whitney. So I thought. So I looked up the author. Her name is Candy B. Harrington. She's actually from the Cave Creek area. Uh, they had the unfortunate circumstance of having their house burned down about a year ago, and so they now live in Idaho. But she has been working for a couple of decades on books and information for people who are, she calls them slow walkers. So maybe you have a cane or 
<clears throat> disabled or okay. if you're in a wheelchair or just anything that would hamper you from being <clears throat> able to access everything. So she has a series of books on barrier-free travel. Barrier-free travel. Mm -hmm. And it's just an amazing website. I've posted it on Facebook. Um, and the the first book is that I would recommend just looking through them is one just on barrier-free travel. She covers everything from, let's say you're going to fly to get to, to where you want to go to do your hike or whatever. She goes through all the things you would need to consider getting a wheelchair through, um, you know, being able to, to take care of everything you need to take care of while you're traveling. And um, it's, it's just an amazing, amazing book, things you wouldn't think of. And it would really help um, your travel experience, things like the hotel and restaurants. And, and, she, and she goes by different parks about where you can go and find what you need. We have some great state parks with wheelchair accessible trails i i can think of about four right off the top of my head plus, plus desert botanical gardens yeah you don't have yeah. to go that far yeah yeah so she has um uh she talks about the paved trails she talks she has books about national park lodges books from everywhere from utah to florida to washington um she just gives you all the nuts and bolts and then she has a cool book called 22 accessible road trips um she covers everything from service animals uh, to tours you can take um, and and then specifically to Arizona she has a blog and some of the things she mentions about Arizona there is I think most people are aware but our um, Navajo nations are closed right now due to COVID. Yeah they so, have been for a while. Um, so you need to you know in this COVID era you can't just take for granted that what was there before is going to be accessible to you. The other big um, takeaway is be sure you're prepared with food and water because not every place has full service of everything. So, you know, it's, we're just so used to getting what we want when we want it. Just be sure you look up things before you go. So, and then she has one more book I really liked. It was called Resting Easy in the U.S. And it's just some unique places to visit um, that are available. And the author's name? Candy B. Harrington. The website is Barrier Tree, I'm sorry, <laughs> Barrier Free um, Travel. And you can also look up barrier-free uh, Grand Canyon, but they all link together. And I also have them on Facebook. But just a great wealth of information. It would be a great book for a gift or even, um, you know, uh, to, to take somebody. Make I love a commitment it. to take somebody somewhere. We're here talking about enjoying the great state of Arizona because you, the regular listeners, have your home in good enough condition. You can ignore it this holiday season. Get out and enjoy family. Get out and enjoy Arizona. But if you've got a problem or a question or a project, you can call us, myself my Sanderson Ford pickup and I drove myself to the far eastern edge of the great state of Arizona touring this last week Apache and Greenlee County in the article we write this week we interview all of our employees and ask them for their favorite locations when it came to writing my favorite location, I wasn't willing to disclose it. <laughs> I love all of you. I love seeing you all at home shows. <laughs> but I love my out-of-the-way, private, rural, country 
favorite spots, and I love getting there and, and being alone. It's my little getaway. In the newsletter, there's actually a photograph I took of Tuesday morning sunrise, and uh, I, I made a mistake. There's actually a mountain there. You can identify where it is. <laughs> I shouldn't have included that mountain. We're here talking this hour about all of the great things to introduce newcomers to as it relates to the state of Arizona. If you've lived here and not been around the state, you're missing a, a bunch. And one of the things we wanted to do was bring in Miss Becky Blaine from the Arizona Office of Tourism. Miss Becky, welcome to Rosie on the House. We appreciate you carving out some time on this Saturday morning to visit with us. Absolutely. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Y'all's website. I love y'all's website. Talk a little bit about what, uh, I mean, I was just harassing Roger Naylor for his job. I, I could harass you for your job, too. I mean, <laughs> you, you got one of the greatest jobs on the planet. I absolutely do. And so does Roger. I mean, we are very <laughs> lucky to live in Arizona and just be surrounded by such you know, natural beauty all the time. It really is breathtaking no matter what part of the state you travel to. But we've put together some great ideas for family travel, especially during this holiday season. You know, if the kids are on break from school and you want to get out of the house and go explore, we've got some great options for everybody. You really do. We were talking about some of the ideas for showing visitors, family visitors, the great aspects of Arizona. Do you have a favorite little f few f family outing locations? So there's a couple that you were just mentioning about some of your, you know, favorite private uh, spots out in the country. And one of my favorites is going up to like the pine and strawberry area um, up on the muggy on rim and visiting the pine Creek lavender farm. The strawberry Inn is so adorable and it's just such a cute little, um, area of our state and great small towns, fun people. Uh, but of course, you know, everybody wants to see the Grand Canyon at least once, you know, and check it off their bucket list. Um, we did just get snow, a dusting of snow yeah. in Northern Arizona yesterday. Yes, yes. And so if you have not traveled up to the South Rim to get a look at the canyon with a dusting of snow, you are missing out. It is absolutely beautiful and so amazingly different to see this time of year. Um, so we highly recommend that. You know, the North Rim is closed for the winter until May 15th, so the South Rim is open, and it's just great. And the kids can do activities. They can become junior rangers. They can earn their certificate and get a badge and be sworn in. It's just a really great program, you know, for the whole family, and then we do have a very helpful first-timers guide on visitarizona.com as well, so you can read up and plan your trip. Uh, that's an awesome guide. I, I don't think yeah, people understand how much we've got here. No, and, and so diverse, too, when you think about the topography. And, you know, people are always amazed when we tell them we make wine in Arizona. They're like, how do you grow grapes in the desert? <laughs> like, well, we have very different elevations across the state and, you know, visiting our wine trails and our small towns. Those are great areas to check out as well. Um, if you're up north too, Flagstaff is always great. They have so many great holiday activities, the holiday parade of lights. Uh, Little America has a great display. The North Pole experience yeah. up there too. They have a few tickets available. We looked for upcoming dates and time. And of course the New Year's Eve pine cone drop at the Weatherford hotel in downtown is always great. But if 
snow is not your thing, you can head south <laughs> to Tucson. Have you checked out the new Gem and Mineral Museum yet? I, I not not since it's reopened. I have not. Yeah, so it's great, and it's an active research facility. It's open. Uh, the museum is open to the public, so you can see gems and minerals from Arizona and Mexico housed in the recently renovated, beautiful, historic Pima County Courthouse. Uh, if you are a fan of Spanish revival architecture, you have to just see the building itself as well. Um, but the exhibits are just top-notch in the Gem and Mineral Museum. And, of course, too, if you're down in Tucson, families always love the Pima Air and Space Museum. It's a great outing. They have five different hangars, over 300-plus aircraft. Uh, so I, that really makes for a fun trip. I haven't been well. there since I was 10, and I still remember it. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is such a great museum. And if anybody loves planes or they just love history in general, it's really, really a great museum to check let, out. Let me add something else. The Titan Missile Museum. Uh, yeah. Oh, that is yes. cool. Yes, yes is it is. Excellent. Yeah. I just, Jennifer and I just saw that for the first time two months ago and it was spectacular and and on that route uh arizona homeowners if you're listening uh uh, becky's talking about touring in about and around tucson you would be doing yourself a disfavor by not going south on i-19 and getting into tubac even take uh madera canyon road over the mountains and get into sonoida that whole La Paz, Cochise uh, County area. Santa Cruz. It, it's Santa yeah. Cruz. Oh man, it's just some of the it's some of the prettiest corner of all of Arizona. And talk about big skies and beautiful places to see, explore, hike. Good dining, nice lodging. Uh, I think it's one of the underutilized corners of the whole state. I absolutely agree. It is such a gorgeous area. And Madera Canyon, too, if you love birding, it's a great area uh, for checking out all the different species of birds, hummingbirds especially as well. But great hiking. And as you said, the vistas and the views, it's just it's unbelievable. And it's it's a part of Arizona that I think people don't realize you know, is even there um, when you when you look at pictures and things like that. People always say that's Arizona. It's just beautiful, rolling <laughs> grasslands and hills, and surrounded by the mountains. Oh, it's just it's breathtaking. It really is. Miss Becky Blaine from Arizona Office of Tourism. One, I'm extremely envious of your job position. Uh, you're doing a fabulous job. Uh, we do everything we can to promote travel to the four corners of Arizona before you go out looking for something to do somewhere else. Look for something in Arizona. It it is a fabulous state. I know in your position, you are surprised all the time when I meet homeowners who have been in Arizona five years, eight years, 15 years, and they've never even seen the Grand Canyon. It absolutely blows me away. Yeah, we have so much to do and see here. It really is, you know, something for everyone and great opportunities all around the state. And um, we have a lot of great resources and information on our website, too. You can visit uh, visitarizona.com as our main page or azroadtrips.com, too. And we have a lot of great suggested itineraries already mapped out for you. There are Arizona State Travel Guide maps. There's Arizona Visitor Information Center locations. Uh, Tons of information at tourism. Well, tourism.az.gov is one of the sites for the 
uh, office of tourism specifically, but you mentioned another one as well. Yeah, visitarizona.com is for the traveling public, and azroadtrips.com, too, has a lot of the great uh, suggested itineraries and and driving routes that we've already done the hard part and figured it all out and made the suggested stops for you. Becky, you don't have any inside information on when some of the reservation destinations might be reopening, do you? So we do have a list on our website. If you click on the banner on the homepage, there's a red banner with the COVID-19 updates. We do keep a list of the tribal lands, open, um, openings and closures, and try and keep that as up-to-date as possible. A lot of the tribes that do have tourism um, attractions are still running with maybe a 50% uh, capacity restriction to keep the community safe. Uh, they do require masking and things like that. So just make sure that you plan ahead. You can take a look on the website um, for that tribal opening and closure list that we have. But there are, you know, a lot of great, beautiful scenic spots and the history and culture is just amazing with our 22 tribal nations. So we encourage everyone to get out and learn more about about that history and culture as well. And you don't have to travel to see neat things either. You know, there's a lot of things like the Mystery Castle at South Mountains opened up again. (laughs) Uh, That had been closed for a little while. Um, If you go to um, Rails to Trails, it is... uh, really expanded from what it started as where it was just repurposing old train tracks to to trails and you were talking about accessibility mm-hmm. talking about flat you know find an old train mm-hmm. track to walk on um yeah there's a link to uh the app called trail link and you know i'm just scrolling through and i put in phoenix and tucson there's all kinds of maps or trails inside the metropolitan areas oh, yeah, there are maricopa yeah. county has a great uh, trail system too surrounding the whole valley and the Payson area trails and they've got the Prescott corridor trails and the Tucson uh, 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 circumference trail you know I think so, as you tons think, of trails as you think forward to the next year you know sometimes we don't we're just in the grind and we don't we don't anticipate or plan going out unless we're having company so you know make yourself a gift of planning a trip for this year to get out and enjoy it because there really is so much and it's just you know memories are, are worth it a million bucks. Get out and make a memory. Miss Becky, can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, uh, let us hear that website one more time. Sure. Visit Arizona.com and azroadtrips.com. Love it. Thanks a million for taking the time to come share with our listeners the information y'all uh, uh, secure away at those two locations. Arizona Office of Tourism Miss Becky Blaine. Thank you, Becky. Thank you. Oh, you know, I, 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 I see people move here that are surprised how much open country we have. I've also, I've also experienced with our middle daughter, our younger daughter, just the opposite. She grew up here, moved to the Minneapolis area, took out a Minnesota map, drew a circle on the map. I'd like to go camp there. Because that's what you do when you live in Arizona. That's what we you have do. all this open land. Do you have numbers on that? It's huge. It's, uh, not off top. Not my everybody head. likes to go to. You know, there's times in in your life where you just want to go be quiet, and you can find a place. So you just pick a pit a dot on the map, and you go. I think it's like a third, a third, a third, a third Indian res, a third BLM, and then a third mm. private. private. Well, 
So, but even on the private, a lot of it's like ranch leases that you you can still hike on. Yeah. So Julia transplants to Minnesota, and she draws this circle on a Minnesota map and says, "Hey, gang, we're all going to go camp up at this spot." And her husband's not a camper, so she not, she packs the car, she makes all the food, does all the shopping. She's got everybody crammed in, including the big black lab. Big, big, big Jack. Big Jack. Did she take the rabbit? Usually the rabbit has to go because nobody else there to feed it. So they've got this suburban packed to the ceiling with people, camping gear, and head out to this red circle on the map. There is no place to camp. Well, they drive the map, around till map, 1030 at night yeah. to, to find a motel. Well, the maps showed places to go, and she would get there, and they'd been grown over. Nobody had maintained them. So there was, you know, and so it's getting darker and darker. The kids are hungry. The husband's crying, you know. So they they finally, at 10 (laughs) (laughs) o'clock, decide to go to a hotel. And, you know, everybody was a little ticked at mom, but a little different. Oh, man, it is what it is. Blackstep, Arizona, darling, don't forget Madonna. Talking Arizona adventures. You got people that come across the world to ride Route 66 through Arizona. Get your kicks on Route 66. Another another book by Roger Naylor. Get your kicks on Route 66. Remy became pretty obsessed with Route 66. So we went to Las Vegas for a rodeo competition. Yes, you did. But we had to get up Saturday morning and drive back to Prescott for the you know, youth football all-star game and, you know, played two hours and got back just in time for, you know, the rodeo run, which was, we, we got lucky that the shoot broke and they were waiting for a welder and it delayed it about an hour and it gave us the cushion. Just the time you needed. (laughs) But from Kingman to, you know, your, your turn off at Ash Fork, it's on route 66. And we stopped in Seligman for gas pulled in and it said, you know, seven miles to E have you ever been to Saligman? Yeah, yeah. You're a long way either way from another gas station. And there's inside the gas station all these pictures of Mater and, and Lightning McQueen. And Remy's asking about, well, yeah, <laughs> but that's, you know, this is the area that that's about. So the rest of the time, he's on YouTube look, watching all these videos about Route 66. I love it. He's He's got a whole Arizona trip plan. And he, now he wants to do the whole thing. I'm like, ah. Uh, you have to. You'll have to win the staycation yeah. next year. <laughs> no, I mean like from Chicago to Santa. Oh, the whole, the whole, whole two thousand miles. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, we might might have to break that one up over a couple of years, our oh, partner. Man. But wherever you're going along the way, you know, make sure. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with leaving uh, on a whim, and but you still have to be prepared. You, know, you get stuck. You get flat tire. You get. You know, it. it never ceases it always puzzles me when it's like 110 degrees and search and rescue is pulling someone off a mountain i'm like what are you doing on a mountain (laughs) in 110 degrees i mean i'm all for adventure i'm all for exercising i'm all for exploring but it's 110 degrees and you're on the side of a mountain with no shade i mean what is it you think you're accomplishing here in the wrong shoes (laughs) oh man so sometimes they just don't know what they're getting into. Oh, I, I know. And, and it's sad. And a lot of them, you know, sometimes end in fatalities. And it, it's uh, a young one. You know, there's a, a kid, I think he was 21 in the last couple of years. And 
they found him on Camelback Mountain in 112, yeah. 21 degrees. Ah, uh, would you know? It was just it, it was very sad. And you know, heat-related deaths are the no- leading cause of weather-related deaths in Arizona. Um, not really in that time right now, but it can also get really cold. You know, it was 37 degrees last night at the Whitman Plantation. You don't realize how cold that is unless you were stuck out in it for a couple of continuous hours. And it's those times when it's cold that you have the least amount of daylight to warm up. So you've got these long periods of coolness and going through, you know, Boy Scouts, you know, we, we spent hours going over the survival and the first aid and uh, you know, travel etiquette before we ever went on the trail. And, uh, you know, it gets very tedious and very boring, but, you know, if you're a scout leader taking 12 kids out camping, you know, <laughs> you, yeah. you got to make sure they can get some, some frame of reference of what's going on. And we have a lot of guides on uh, our website about that and links from the... Uh, blog today to all of our different preparedness guys. You know, always carry something in your truck and make sure you know how to change your tires. Um, a, a bag, you know, if I ever got stuck and I had to hike out of my truck, I've got a bag that'll last me for three days getting out. And, you know, we've put all of those and detailed them together. One thing that was just added to that, if you've printed it in the past or used that in the past, um, I never was one that really liked GPS, apps, tracking stuff like that i'm like you know or, you know, even compass to a limited degree i'm like you should be able to find your way without these things okay um because what if you had to you know okay. what if you got to a spot your batteries were dead i okay. mean they've got it, it would be pretty impossible to be in that situation with the solar chargers and you know if you're truly prepared but um the girls started hiking last summer um they drive up to sedona and flagstaff and you know there'd be three, four hours where they were out of cell service on some of these trails. I started thinking, okay, so what if something did happen? How long would it take us to find them along that trail path? You know, once we actually got there, it'd still take a couple hours to get there, blah, blah, blah. So looking around, there are satellite phones that work anywhere you can see the sky. And what we got was the ones that they use in the Grand Canyon, all the tour guides that take the rafts down the Grand Canyon. Um, because it's a satellite, there's there's two different satellites. There's one at 4,000 feet and there's one at 22,000 feet. And that one at 22,000 feet, it's got a better service because of your line of sight. So we put that link in our resources page at rosieonthehouse.com in our blog. It's the N, um, N, NMARSAT, I-N-M-A-R-SAT phone. So if you've got kids that go out and about or you've got somebody... Uh, you know, that you need to make sure you can connect with no matter where they're at. That was one more item we added.